All right, we're going to our expected guest. He is at uh, the phone, at the ready, Ron Paul. Dr. Ron Paul is with us here from his home in Texas. Good evening. Good evening. Nice to be with you. Yeah, it's it's wonderful to have you back on the air. I, I don't remember the last time we had you on, uh, Ron. It was years ago. It might have been the 2012 campaign. It might, it might have been oh. 10 years I feel like we've had John since then at some point, but uh, we, we generally don't have guests on this show, but somebody called me up from uh, from one of the guest booking services and said, hey, I got I know you guys don't like guests on Free Talk Live, but I can get you Ron Paul. And I said, thank you for calling. Yes, we will absolutely have Ron Paul Always on this show. Always an exception. Yeah, you are the exception. Uh, so welcome back to Free Talk well, Live. Uh, Good, good to be with you. Anyway, we're Tuesday also. <laughs> yeah, and you should be because your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending some of it with us tonight here and our listeners. We, of course, have a lot of uh, questions. You know, you're you're a huge influence uh, in the libertarian space. You've run three campaigns for president going back to 1988, and then of course 2008. And uh, 2012, many people have been brought on board with the ideas of liberty by your outreach, your actions. And the thing that I thought was so impressive, just first off, because I asked the the guy that was booking you on the show, I said, "Is does he have a new book or something? Like, what's is he promoting something?" It's like, no, Ron's <laughs> just doing the thing he does for liberty, which is talk about it constantly, every chance, every opportunity. You're now 86 years old, and you're going strong. Well, and I'm. Very, very grateful, you know. And it is true that uh, my subject is the same because it was that subject that uh, got my interest. And I had the interest before I ever ran for anything, but I didn't run for Congress because I, I thought, oh, boy, wouldn't it be neat to be in Congress? It was to get a message out, and I was influenced by a famous date that, if you know me, you probably have heard me mention, and that was August 15th of 1971, when the gold standard disappeared mm. and wage and price controls came and they ushered in this new age of uh, massive inflation. And now we're coming to a climactic end of that system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it amazed me today when I saw in the news that the Biden administration and the White House and the Fed, they're saying, oh, we were totally caught off guard by the inflation. And of course, <laughs> they're talking about inflation like it's an increase in prices. And of course, we know better than that. But even so, to, to think they didn't see it coming, that, that's an outright lie on their part. And, and to blame it on Putin. They do. I think yeah, they sort well, of that. I don't know whether it, it's lying, and it could be, or whether it's just stupidity. You know, it could be a mixture, mixture or, yeah, of both. Yeah, a mixture of both. Ron, but, stand by. We're going to bring you back here in just a moment. I'm sure uh, listeners have questions. we got a bunch of questions. I know, Conan, you've got a really interesting one about corruption, uh, power corrupting. We're going to get into that with uh, Dr. Paul, who spent a lot of time in D.C. is free talk live and welcome to the program we have a special guest on the line here we're going to bring him back on in just a moment but i do want to remind you you can join us any old time you want over at freetalklive.com we have a variety of features waiting for you there including our social media platform which we mentioned to you earlier over at social.freetalklive.com that is where you can interact with free talk live hosts and other listeners of the program and you can do it without having the evil big tech corporate media hanging over your head it's our platform we run it on our server 
and it's free for you over at social.freetalklive.com. It's a Mastodon thing, so it's con- connected with all the other Mastodons out there, unless they've, dis- unless they've disconnected from us, which is their choice. That's why it's called Federation. Uh, but we go back to Dr. Ron Paul. You know him, you love him, and we're grateful to have him here. Uh, Ron, thank you for, for spending up to the, the entire hour here with us. We've got a lot of questions for you. I just want to make sure you're still there. Are you with us? I am with you, and I'm all set. Excellent. So it's been a decade since your last campaign for president. You retired from being a, a U.S. House representative after, what, a dozen terms or, or something like that, uh, spending way too much time in D.C. It's most people would have gotten corrupted. Conan, you wanted to talk about the corruption issue. We know that power corrupts. How did it not uh, corrupt Ron Paul? What was your question yeah, for, for uh, Dr. Paul? You were you were in Congress for what sixteen years? Well, I was in three different times, so I always have to stop and think about it. No, I think it was about twenty three. Oh, that's so a lot, in, so a lot longer than I uh, thought. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and it uh, the last time I was in, I was for uh, I think it was six terms, and and uh, but uh, when I first went in, I was there for six years. And it wasn't my thing. I didn't think I was ever going there. That wasn't my goal. And I thought, I'm missing medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I decided, I'm going back to medicine. And I did. I went back for 12 years. But I stayed interested. But, but from the very beginning, it was always gnawing at me about, you know, the liberty movement and the liberty ideas. And mainly my exposure to Austrian economics, they fascinated me, especially the monetary policy. So I was starting to speak out on that, you know, even before... I decided, well, I might get a bigger audience uh, if I run for Congress. And uh, that, that uh, of course, led to something because my wife was worried about that. She said, what are you going to do that for? I said, what's the matter? She said, it was dangerous. She said, you probably were going to get elected. <laughs> <laughs> so I guarantee, I guaranteed her that people like me don't get elected. You know, I'm not promising that I'm going to give away. All I want to do is work for their freedom. Right. She says, they're going to believe you and they're going to elect you. So, and I was the cynic. I said, no, there's no way. And you got, and it, I'm and it happened. Santa Claus. <laughs> and then again and again. But how did, well, uh, I, I have a shorter question. Well, it'll have a shorter answer. So I want to ask you real quick. You mentioned the liberty movement back then when you first ran for office. What, there, there wasn't really a liberty movement to speak of back then, was it? I mean, you were sort of the lone voice championing the cause of liberty. Well, yeah, it was small, but it was there. And, uh, I got exposed to it actually uh, through the monetary issue in the 1960s because that's when uh, it was well known and that it was being announced that, you know, the Brent Woods can't be maintained. We were spending all this money. Uh, this artificial $35 an ounce won't last. And uh, therefore, I was fasc- fascinated with that. And, uh, but in that movement it was where the libertarians were just as now they're still interested in the monetary issue and trying to protect against the uh, evolving and disastrous effect of what's happening to the dollar. So people, it's still the same issue, but I think we're in a lot more danger uh, right now. So it, it, was, uh, it was that issue, uh, and then the, the combination came. It was the issue of money that I talked about a lot at first, but then it was just the issue uh, of liberty, and then I became, after I got to Washington, all I knew was I ran across these people that both sides of the aisle, all they were doing was agitating for war, mm-hmm. you know, and war spending and the military-industrial complex. So that, and then Bush was in office, and I don't know if you know this, but Bush was sort of a warmonger. <laughs> <Sort of. laughs> 
I had I had a job there, and uh, you know, during that time, you know, I gave a lot of speeches on why we shouldn't go into Iraq mm-hmm. and into Afghanistan. Here we were in Iraq twenty years, and in Afghanistan nineteen years, but we're still there. Is the whole purpose, and we're still looking around for another fight. You know, we're up there trying to start a World War Three uh, up there in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and then at the same time. That doesn't keep us busy enough, and we don't spend enough money. So they're they're trying to stir up trouble with the Chinese. So we threaten them too. So it's perpetual war and conflict, perpetual spending, perpetual inflation, and uh, it's not going to last. It's amazing that it's limped along this way. But uh, the warning sign is is when the average person knows that the prices are going up, they're paying their bills. That's the tax for all this. And uh, and people are now, that's the biggest issue of the day. It will be for this year's election, and that is the cost of gasoline and the cost of groceries. And that that is a message, but we have to have people explaining that to us to a degree because it's not complicated. It's nothing more than a tax because they're stealing the wealth from the capital that you have in order to pay the bills that have been run up for all this uh, all right. these years. Right, it's a hidden tax. Inflation is an increase in the money supply, and you, you, you kind of got into this earlier, Aria, where you pointed out that the mainstream media, the politicians, always talk about inflation as though it's just this mysterious rise in prices. And we know that that's just a symptom. And I, I want to talk more about the money aspect, but Conan, I don't think you ever really asked your question, right, about corruption? One of my that. biggest concerns with uh, fresh-faced politicians who are just getting into the, into the business uh, is this idea that power corrupts. As soon as they get in there, maybe a couple, two or three years, they're just, they're just, they're, they're fine. You know, they're working with the the liberty movement, and then you know, they just kind of, they just kind of turn to the dark side over, over, in, over, over time. And the next thing you know, they're in some lobbyist's pocket, and you know, and their buddy politicians' pockets, and they're all working together behind the behind the scenes. And uh, but you, you say you you were in for twenty something years, and you seem like a pretty decent dude. And uh, I guess my question is. You know, especially considering here in New Hampshire, we have a lot of liberty-loving, freedom-loving politicians, representatives, uh, this being the live-free-or-die state and the home of the Free State Project. What would be your advice uh, to these fresh politicians who are just getting into the scene? What would be your advice for them to to retain their ideals, their liberty-loving ideals, and to stay corruption-free and to stay on the light side? Okay, and uh, I think you're alluding to the fact that some people will be talking a pretty good message and they're running for office and some will go into office. Is that the set that you're talking about? Yeah, and, and, and there is the concept that, uh, you know, the, the question is, does power corrupt or do, do these positions actually attract people who want that power in the, in, from the get-go? So it's, you know, egg, is it egg or chicken kind of a question? Yeah, and, and that is it. That's just a, a truism that's been around probably throughout all of history. That is the corrupting influence, and that's why supposedly we're supposed to have a government to uh, protect uh, protect us against this government uh, collusion and, and and the power that they use against the people. But it doesn't happen that way. Uh, the people, especially in our system, what happened? We became so prosperous because we had more freedom than average, and they concentrated more on the wonderful abundance and forgot about talking about how we got here and that was either at the beginning of our country or 110 years ago before we had the progressive movement uh the the people you know uh, didn't uh, didn't you know they assumed that it was going to be there 
But uh, I, I think that uh, that's what the battle is for right now. Uh, you know, the corruption. Dr. The corruption Paul, hold like- that thought. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Moments. Uh, we'll continue in just moments. Stand by. This is Free Talk Live. And you'll be able to join us here. The phones will be open once we've got Ron Paul all wrapped up and done for the night. We've got two full hours of regular Free Talk Live that will start at 8 o'clock at night Eastern Time. Meanwhile, we've got Ron Paul for the remainder of this hour. And of course, you can find him online prolifically. He is still busy every single day with the Ron Paul Liberty Report. And I want to get uh, bring Ron Paul back on with us. Dr. Paul, welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us here on Free Talk Live. Good. So you were in the middle of answering a question uh, that Conan asked, and he was curious about the corrupting influence of power. And Conan, you sort of asked it as though it was a question, but there have been scientific studies that have shown clearly that power corrupts human beings. And yet somehow, Dr. Paul, you avoided that, or at least from the outside, it seems as though you've avoided that pretty successfully from your multiple terms in Congress. Whenever someone mentions, you know, well, it's impossible to get a politician who just can't be corrupted. Ron Paul is always when I go to, well, no, it's not impossible. It's just exceedingly rare. Did they try (laughs) to corrupt you, Ron? And how did you avoid that? Do you have any uh, memorable experiences, some lobbyists coming at you, some NGO coming at you and trying to influence you a certain way, and you just you just halted them in their tracks? No, I always felt insulted. They would never come in and see me. <laughs> 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 so they, they, they didn't bother me, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's, it's one, of, one of these things that uh, pe- people expect them to be uh, dishonest. You know, this case about uh, lying to the FBI agent. Well, somebody said that. <laughs> Well, they lie to us all the time. What's the difference? You know, it's just the same old thing. They lie into each other. You know, I think what's happened, uh, why this is worse, I think what we're talking about, you know, power corrupting, I think that was uh, there since the beginning of time, you know, in very, very early history, that that concept that existed. Now, going there and not being corrupted, uh, I never thought a whole lot about, uh, about that. I just knew what I believed in and what I said I was going to do and what uh, what promises I made. But I do believe that uh, some people have a more firm grip on uh, something I call, you know, the higher laws, uh, the morality of uh, of natural law, and that is just that uh, you shouldn't lie, cheat, kill, murder people. I mean, you shouldn't do that, and most people know that, and some people are locked into it, but other people... You know they were they're totally cynic, and when they the longer they're in Washington, the more cynical they are, mm. and the further they drift from a natural law that there should be some decency among people. So what they do then is they accept the fact that oh well, we don't know what is right and wrong, and that's what we're living with today. They're nihilistic, and that is what Marxism is based on nihilism. Not only do they have trouble finding it, they don't believe it's possible to know right from wrong. Well, I happen to be one that thinks that uh, most people know the difference, and if you don't know the difference, then you end up with what we have now. And uh, this, this, uh, and and the political system just breeds this attitude, and uh, then, then uh, you know, the end, they end up with this whole thing that. Uh, you know, we, because if, if, if it's considered treasonous, you know, in, in, a, in an empire, 
it, because if the empire is based on this lies and nihilism, the one thing that they cannot stand is, is truth. That is what mm-hmm. they, that really bothers them. You know, I had to cast a few votes when I was there by myself, and uh, people would come and say, why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And, uh, and, and, they, and the people who wanted it, they were so annoyed by it. We want 100%. We don't want anybody dissenting. So truth, when it stands out, is very annoying, and we just don't have enough people there. But we have some. There's, there's more than one and two or three people. Uh, it's just that you don't get to hear from them very often. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that's going to be there for a long time, but I think it's a wonderful opportunity for libertarianism right now because this system is, is, uh, is, is doomed. It can't continue the way it is. No doubt it's about it. It's not doomed if, if we follow some of the proper rules about uh, you know, how you should treat people. No, we could revive the beliefs that we've had in the past that made the country great. Let's talk about uh, one of the worst forms of corruption. You touched on it earlier, the monetary system. It's something that you've always been concerned with. It's something you've communicated very clearly on over the years. And, of course, the people in power don't want to hear anything about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say, I told you so. But certainly, if anybody can say they told you so, it was uh, it's Dr. Ron Paul. I mean, you've been consistent on this message. You mentioned uh, gold backing to the dollar being stripped away in the past and just watching as inflation has uh, has just absolutely decimated people's savings and their spending power. And, you know, now you've had 10 more years of it since your campaign. Uh, any just thoughts on how the, on how things are going with the dollar and alternatives like gold, perhaps? I know you are a, uh, I believe you are a, what's the term, brand ambassador for the Birch Gold Group. Is that right? That is correct. And, uh, it fits in quite well because I do think that gold is one of the things that you can protect yourself from when the conditions are, are bad. And the conditions are bad. We don't have sound money. And uh, that is exactly what I've been doing, uh, you, you know, from the very beginning, even before 1971. Well, before 1975, we weren't even allowed to own gold in this country. That's how strange and terrible it was. So companies like Birch can provide this uh, you know, some help and, and actually advice on on how to handle it because there's different ways to invest in gold and protect it. Everybody has a different idea, and they should, on, on how you plan for your survival. Some people just think you should move to New Hampshire and everything oh, will yeah. be okay. Yeah, well, uh, not everything, uh, but, no, no, but it's a good step. Moving to New Hampshire and having gold and <laughs> cryptocurrency, you know, <laughs> that's, that's right. a good plan. <laughs> right. Now, Dr. Paul, you mentioned earlier, you know, that one shouldn't lie, cheat, steal, or kill. And I, I love pointing out, these are these are things we learn in kindergarten, right? Don't hit people, don't take their stuff, be honest. But somewhere along the way, from rising from, you know, kindergarten to adulthood, the average person seems to forget those rules, and they become okay with massive amounts of lying, stealing, and killing when it's orchestrated by the government. As far as I can tell, libertarianism... It's just the idea that we have to remind these people that they should behave as well as kindergartners. Do you have a... <laughs> yeah, that, that, and, I, and I think uh, you're touching on something that I think is true, is that when the government uh, becomes nihilistic, they don't believe in truth, they don't believe in the conditions that you've just described, that uh, uh, the people themselves, you know, they, they learn from that. Then, then if you look at government schools, government mm. schools contribute a lot, you know, to this, too. And uh, 
And so there is an atmosphere now of competition. There's still a lot of people in this country. Matter of fact, I think the majority of the American people are still, you know, if you ask them, do you think you have a right to take a car from your neighbor because they have two and you don't have any? Most Americans are going to say, no, that, that isn't the case. But, you know, I think the rule that I keep telling myself about and telling people to look at is Bastiat's rule, you know, in the law. And, and the rule is that if, if, if you and I can't do it, and the governments are always telling us you can't do this, this, and you shouldn't steal, or we're going to put you in jail, and don't lie, don't lie to the FBI or, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. But they don't apply it to themselves. So the government, and, and this, this creates a havoc. It destroys liberty for everybody. It destroys the economy. And uh, the dishonesty in the monetary system is, is destined to make a lot of people poorer. I've always argued the case that if you live beyond your means as an individual or as a country, you, will, you must live beneath your means after you want to you know, achieve the recovery. And now it's just being recognized that those rules are coming coming about because people are starting to live within beneath their means. And believe me, I think uh, if you're looking at how much cleansing of this mess we have, I would say we're 10% into the correction. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means that uh, we as libertarians have a big message. I think having a radio show like you have and getting a message out is one of the most important things you do. You say, well, we know how many listeners we have. You don't know how many people you have that you've influenced. I'm surprised, you know, that every once in a while I'll bounce into to people that, you know, I talked to them during the Libertarian campaign of 1988, and they say, oh, you influenced me back there. It's, it's out there. I see the whole mess that we're talking about, whether it's a monetary issue or morality. It's, uh, it, it depends uh, uh, on people, you, you know, following the rules and understanding and the importance of liberty. Ron, and, Paul, uh, stand I by. That, we're going to continue here in just a moment. This is Free Talk. Live. It is Free Talk Live, and we have Dr. Ron Paul on the air with us here, and he has been so gracious as to spend the entire hour of the show here, the first hour. Uh, with us, if you want to get on the air, then stand by. We will get back to our normal format, which is open phones every single night of the, the year. Uh, pretty much over here at freetalklive.com. That's where you can go learn more about us. By the way, uh, coming up here in just a few weeks, ForkFest is happening in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's June 27th through July 3rd. It's the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It is a great excuse to come on up and check out New Hampshire. Uh, where you can be with thousands of like-minded, freedom-loving people all year round. ForkFest is a great excuse to come spend Independence Day with uh, like-minded folks. So go to ForkFest.party to learn more about that. Again, June 27th through July 3rd. There are no tickets. It's a decentralized camping event. You get your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground July 27th through July 3rd. Go to ForkFest.party to learn more. Uh, Dr. Ron Paul is back here with us. Ron, thanks for uh, for staying with us this whole hour. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Uh, so let's see. I had another uh, question for you here. We, we we've talked a little bit about monetary corruption, which of course you know getting out of the dollar is an important solution. You mentioned you think we're only ten percent into what could be a you know this ongoing correction this that's going on, and that means that things are going to get ninety percent worse. <laughs> so <laughs> so definitely beware of that. Well, but, there, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please. If you had more to say, uh, well, you know, it, <clears throat> the this 
severity and the length will depend on, you know, what government does. But sure. the, the betting I'm making is that the government will not make things better very soon. <laughs> They're going to make things much worse because uh, they were unhappy a couple of years ago and they put in a new president and he hasn't helped us a whole lot so far. Mm-mm. So the hole is much deeper than it was. So if you look at the amount of debt and the amount of malinvestment that has existed and the amount of regulations that have been written to reverse that, to get people back in a productive arena, that's, that's a big job. And uh, right now it's, uh, it's very, very difficult because there's a lot of money out there <clears throat> that has not been used for productive efforts. The, the money has actually made a few, a few number of people mainly on the on the very wealthy side, much richer. Mm-hmm. But uh, the middle class pays the bills and the poor get poorer. And there's a lot of way to go because there's so much debt. People don't talk a whole lot about the debt. The conservatives do once in a while, but they, they don't do anything about it. They, <laughs> they, you, know, you know, when you look at Schumer and McConnell, they're pretty good friends. And uh, sure. they, yep. they don't really have two different philosophies. Uh, there are some differences. You can't say there aren't any. But basic, basically on the big stuff, whether it's monetizing debt, whether it's the war monitoring going on, whether it's the taxation that they have to do either directly or indirectly because uh, inflation is a tax, and that's the way you pay your bills. Uh, and we, we get rid of the debt. We have to liquidate the debt. There's only two ways you can do it, work harder and pay it off like an individual might have to. But governments never do that. They pay it off by just putting more money in. If they owe $100, and they'll get you $100, but it's only worth 10 So there's a lot of that, and you don't know how long it's going to last or how it's going to, how it will react. But I don't, I, uh, I'm not very optimistic about, uh, you know, working our way out of it. I'm more optimistic on what's happening in the libertarian movement and reaching out to people. And I think uh, the ideas have consequences. And I uh, spoke to a lot of college kids, uh, you know, during the two presidential elections, and and uh, everybody said, well, they're lost causes. But the ones I met uh, really weren't. I was very pleased. Even though the people who are making the noise, the people who are demonstrating, uh, they're not going to be libertarians. But besides, it's, it's not a numbers game. It's just getting the right kind of people in the right places so that the libertarian message people are in a position where they can spread a message like having a good radio program. Well, thank you, you know, for that, that, Ron. That's what really counts. I, I agree with that. Communication is very important. We've been doing it for two decades now here on Free Talk Live. On We're on a, over 190 radio stations across the week. But I, I wanted to actually ask you about beyond what, because we know the individual can do things to prepare for what is happening and what is coming. You are a big advocate of, uh, of gold, precious metals uh, with the, uh, the Birch Gold Group. And uh, we love cryptocurrency. We love gold and silver here on on Free Talk Live. I wanted to ask if he had heard about the gold back. Uh, we can get into that, but I want to get into something more specific about solutions for people. Because I agree with you, the federal government isn't going to go in a more pro-freedom direction. We're seeing a lot of talk nationwide, and especially in the last year or so, about a national divorce, about people going their separate ways. We're actually seeing people migrating right now, especially after all the COVID regulations and crackdowns. We're seeing people, maybe uh, conservatives are leaving California and New York and moving to Florida and Texas. 
Texas. We're seeing people that want to be in more liberal places move into the West Coast. We're seeing libertarians migrating to New Hampshire as part of the, the Free State Project. You've endorsed the Free State Project in the past. Uh, that is definitely I've seen video clips of it. I think you spoke a long time ago at the Free State Project event back in uh, 2008 or 2009, the Liberty Forum, to a huge crowd. And uh, just to give you a a quick update, because I don't know how much you pay attention, there are now approximately 40 state representatives here in New Hampshire that are free staters, Ron. And that's about 10%. We've got a 400-person state house here, which is the largest in in the country, as you probably know. So we've got about 10% already, and it's it's pretty early on. This year, we had a historic occasion where there was actually a constitutional amendment proposed to let the people of New Hampshire vote on declaring peaceful independence from the United States. And I just want to hear your thoughts on peaceful secession. Well, this is, <clears throat> this is all good news, and this is where the fight should be. Sure, we should have a haven. We should have a place to go. We should have, you know, gold and silver. We should be able to take care of ourselves. We should know where our friends are. We should have a way of defending our family financially and physically. But ultimately, you know, I all talk to a lot of investment groups, and they're interested in, in investment, how I'm going to build my portfolio and spend their time doing that. I said, that's all right and good, and you should. And the more the merrier, the more the people are protected, the better off we are. But really, the investment of time and energy and what you really have to invest in is the cause of liberty, because a lot of people still are a little bit confused. I get encouraged from something Leonard Reed taught me many years ago. He says, don't sweat this thing about, well, we still don't have 51% of the people so that we can control the elections and that stuff. Well, I, I don't even think about that anymore. I think about people in leadership positions. And now, you know, there are some uh, people on, on radio and the, and the different talk shows. And, and uh, I was very optimistic when the Internet came out. Then I sort of thought, holy man, that looks like they're going to be able to control that. Mm-hmm. But right now, uh, you are announcing that you have a vehicle that you can get around with the corruption and the social media. So I think technology, I always thought the libertarians would lead the charge mm-hmm. of overcoming the technology that will, the government is going to want to control. So that to, that, to me, is good news. But it's the ideas that make all the difference in the world, and that, to me, is the most important investment that all of us make, even though we should do all the other things, but buying gold and having land if you can. Some mm-hmm. people will have a haven in South America and all that, and that's up to the individual, just the individuals to do it. Besides... Uh, New Hampshire is a lot closer than South America. Oh, yeah, that's true. Do you think secession's inevitable? Secession? Uh, <clears throat> no, I, I, I don't think it is. Uh, I think, well, it depends on how you describe it. If you want to, if, if, if you're thinking that, uh, you, you know, that there's total breakdown and total chaos, that's a form of secession because you know, people have been neutralized. But to go through a formal secession and get people to vote for it, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think you've indicated that people have already taken advantage of the laws and the rights that we still have because people are moving. That's the best vote you can cast. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I don't think uh, you're, you're going to, uh, at least in the near future, we're not going to see it eventually. I guess the, the country will break up uh, because all empires end. And that's why it comes. It occurs when the country gets so big, they get overextended overseas, and they run up the deficits too far at home, and the welfare state, 
and the special interest groups finally get overburdened and the people do rebel. And then uh, who knows what will come of it. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking what we need are as many people as possible when that time comes because I do not believe we'll prevent it from coming. It'll be total chaos, so you want to know where your friends are. And then that's when you have to start rebuilding and have a, have a better system. But that could come in a couple of months or it could come in a couple of decades. Yeah, you never that, know. That, that is that is not not known. I really like the way you look at it, though, where that, you know, you can invest in gold and silver and cryptocurrency and all this, but the best investment that one can make is in the ideas of liberty. And to have a community Community. that you can count on that's there physically nearby you, which, of course, the Free State Project is unmatched in that area. Uh, Dr. Paul, thank you so much for spending this uh, this whole hour with us here tonight, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. And and again, check out Ron Paul's Liberty Report. It's almost every single day. I think it's every weekday. Uh, Yes, it is. And uh, the YouTube channel is on there, but the website too. Ron Paul Liberty Report. Thanks, Ron. Uh, All right. Well, thank you. Nice to be with you. Yep.